Welcome back, everybody, to the Cave Talk Podcast here with Justin and Adam. How you doing today, Adam? Let's get down to business, Justin. Beat the Huns. That Ooh. is... That's, I mean, it's okay to say we're beating the Huns. We're not offending anybody there, I don't think. I mean, the, the, the Huns no longer exist. So if you're offended by yeah, defeating the Huns... Yeah, yeah, you're good. Also, histor- yeah, historically speaking definitively the bad guys so <laughs> Ooh, yeah okay i mean yeah, we're good we're good not, not to admonish comes. yeah not to admonish a whole group of people but classically speaking the huns were not exactly the good guys a lot of yeah a lot of not good stuff but anyway yeah you can't come for us for that so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and if attila so the hun comes after us there's a lot more problems going on than our problem. podcast <laughs> Yeah, way bigger problems. So we got a lot to talk about today, not including Attila the Hun. Um, that's 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 next week's episode. But uh, a lot going on in the world of Microsoft and Xbox. You've oh. had a couple games you've been playing. Yes, sir. Uh, if we get to, if we get to today, we got a little bit to talk about in the world of wrestling. It was a busy day in the world. It's been of, a busy uh, week, the, son. The world. The WWE and such, oh. and AEW and other such companies. So, man, quite a bit to talk about. You uh, ready to get into it? I'm ready. Letty. I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. She was my favorite character in Fast and the Furious. Get us going. <laughs> and here we go. That's right. <laughs> I found the soundboard. Oh, snap. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be making use of it today. I've got, like, four <laughs> preloaded sounds that I think are going to be good, and I plan to use the hell out of all of them. So, man. <laughs> it's, it's been a busy day for me finding this, and I know it's been a busy week for you. You have rolled credits on some games. You I have. Started. You hit the title card on some games. I, uh, on several games, yes. On several games, man. So let us in. Open right, up and well, let us in. What have you been playing? Well, I've been playing several things. Uh, and that's going to lead into something that we've been talking about for a while. Uh, I have finally rolled credits on Final Fantasy sixteen. Oh, man. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I told you I told you guys last week that you know I was decided I mean I can't keep up the pace of rolling credits once a week on something. I don't I just don't have the cash flow to drop seventy dollars sure. a week on stuff. But as I'm trying to make my way through my backlog, and as we know for 2023, there has been a plethora of uh, of games to get through. I'm going through my backlog. I rolled credits on tw- uh, Final Fantasy 16, and uh, I'll be very realistic. It's not my game of the year. Uh, for no reason, not not due to any faults of its own. If Final Fantasy sixteen Final Fantasy sixteen had been dropped in almost any other year, I I think it'd probably be my game of the year. Th- there's okay. just so much coming out, but man, yeah, what a game! Ooh. What a game! A lot of game. Uh, before I before I get to where to to where I am with it, I know that you've been playing it. Where where did you leave off in your journey? Slight spoilers for the people out there. He's not going to go into crazy detail, but just give me a general feel for where you are in the game. Uh, finished. Uh, a showdown with uh, the boy. The boy. 
of an individual. <laughs> Just, uh, yes, yes, an absolute unit of a man. I thought Clive was like a, as far as like the protagonist goes. Oh, like Clive, Clive's a unit as far as I'm concerned. The dude looks like he crawled out of hell after jumping into hell to destroy everything. Then they for for funsies, yeah. Like his punishments. Like doing stuff like stabbing somebody and then like just immolating them <laughs> or kicking the, people and then kicking the, them again. Like the finisher. Curb stomping individuals. Like Clive is a brutal, brutal, like he has like the stylistic size of things. Like you like the cinematic of age. Like the, the, in true Final, Final Fantasy style, but my God, he's the most brutal protagonist I feel like I've enjoyed in a Final Fantasy game. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. Cloud, uh, his fit- Cloud and Zack Fair were, like, two of my more stylish ones. I can't really mm-hmm. count Paul mm-hmm. Leonhardt from uh from 8, just because it was still turn-based. Uh, yeah. And Noctis from Final Fantasy fifteen was also very good on, like, the style. But, like, none of them feel just utterly brutal as Clive asked. Like, oh. There's been some finishes on some guards where I'm like, ooh, dude, I think you got him. Like oh for sure yeah like you were saying he his one finisher where you I, I like doing the phoenix rift thing where you like buzz over to them you hit them when they're on the ground and what he does is he does the down B move of Link from Super Smash Brothers right through the chest plate and then for funsies he like he said he emul- uh, emulates them he downward thrust and then kamehameha to the chest because the implosion of a giant claymore type weapon into your solar plexus is evidently not enough. You gotta, you gotta torch him on top of it. It's just yeah. so brutal. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, so you, you, your, your last endeavor was taking on the, the unit Kuka. Yep. Taking okay. on the unit, defeating the unit. And, uh, I am so excited to continue, man. This has been such oh. a great game. Like, have, have you had, I've, with it so much have you have you had a chance to use oh wait a minute have you acquired uh kuka's slash titan's uh icon abilities yet yeah that is, i just haven't been able to give it a test drive yet okay well i'll tell you right now his uh his icon abilities made my final roster of stuff um purely because you know uh up to that point you have the Phoenix, which gives you the Phoenix Rift with Circle. Uh, and then the next one I believe you get is Ra- Ramun, uh, the old yeah. wizard dude. Garuda too. And Garuda's. Garuda, I didn't really like the grapple feature of that. I, I mean, using it on bosses when they were partly staggered, cinematically pretty cool, but like damage-wise, not so much. I'll just say this. The Circle move that you get for Titan is a game-changer. And it's ooh, ooh. okay. Just yeah, yeah we'll, we'll hit that up next week because I know that you and one of our friends that you're planning on continuing your Final Fantasy 16 saga adventure this weekend. Crossing the fingers to get it, keep, keep it going this weekend. Right. Well, I'll tell you right now, you're you're about halfway through. Uh, yeah. And get, getting getting back to me, I sat down yesterday thinking, you know what, I'm gonna roll credits on this and then I'll jump into my next thing. I sat down at just shy of 2.30 in the afternoon. I didn't roll roll credits till almost 7. And I'll tell you right now, I started at 2.30 yesterday, according to the PlayStation log, 
which isn't exactly the most accurate. When I logged on yeah, yesterday, sure. it said that I was at 90% completion. So from hmm. two, yeah, from two to 30 to almost seven was 10% of the last game. Brother, when you get to the final boss, I want you to tell, I, I want to warn you right now, when you get to the final boss of the game, do not assume that you're almost done with the game. <laughs> but man, Dude. the the cinematography of this game, and yeah, I, I'll nailed. say, oh, they, they, I, they nailed it. And I know that there was a difficulty choice in the beginning of the game. And I don't remember specifically mm -hmm. which one I chose. I finally died twice when fighting the, the, the final boss in one of his many iterations. I, I mean, I, I can't swear to this. I'm pretty positive. I didn't die playing that game at all. And, and, and I don't mean because I know, and I don't remember specifically what it's called because it's not Phoenix down in this game. There's a tonic you get where if it's mm -hmm. in your hot bar and you die, it brings you back to some degree. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm knock on wood. I am 99.9% .9 positive that up until this final boss, I didn't die at all. I might have, I might have two on my, I think I have two though. I think I have one. And I'm okay. kind of just padding my stat to say maybe two, but I don't think I do. Dude. I don't think I do. I, 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 hmm. I don't, for once, I don't think that that's a knock against the game. I mean, I think, like you said, Clive is just an absolute unit of a protagonist. And I'll tell you right now, as good as you think the combat is up to where you are, add Titan's icon abilities to your hotbar. Oh, that circle yeah. move is just so good. For me, where you're at now is where the combat finally started singing. Like hmm. where you're at is for me. I mean, it was good before. This is where it cranked it up from like an eight to a nine. We're now we're we're ten plus at this point. That's fair. That's so fair. yeah, roll credits on Final Fantasy sixteen. Mm -hmm. Fantastic game. Uh, I'm happy to be through with it because I the, since we recorded last week. Yeah, last week when we recorded, I was where you are currently at. I. I, I, I had just beaten Kupka or I was just about to beat Kupka and I've been hitting it pretty hard this last week. So, uh, roll credits on that fantastic game, not my game of the year, but again, only because yeah. it's been, it's been a massive, massive week, uh, a massive year in 2023 for games. Uh, I don't do, does cave talk have a five point scale or a 10 point scale. I forget. I lean towards the 10 point scale. I like the 10 point scale. Five just leaves it to be too 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 many questions uh i i would say legend of zelda tears of the kingdom i don't think i gave it an official thing i i would give that i'd give that a, a 10 out of 10 no shocker there i'd give remnant even though remnant 2 is currently my game of the year i'd give it a 9 just based off of what it is final fantasy 16 i'm gonna go with a, an 8 i'll go with a high 8 Okay, and, and that and the okay. only reason it's not a that. nine, the only reason it's not a nine, because it's certainly not a ten. The only reason it's not a nine is the graphics are kind of weird for me. It's a beautiful game, but at the same time, it's 
it's nowhere near as beautiful as like say like a last of us part two and uh, or, yeah. or even i i would say purely from a fidelity standpoint i think remnant 2 is a prettier looking game it's uh, I, well I, I what do you find not pretty about it let me it's so beautiful, but it's so beautiful, but at the same time, it feels very low res. I don't even know how to put it. Like there are some times where I'm like, God, this game is beautiful. But then when I look, look at it, it feels like, man, these, these shaders are just not, not where they could be. I mean, perfect example, Final Fantasy seven remake, uh, and now Final Fantasy seven rebirth coming up. I think that those games are some of the best looking games that have ever been created. I would say, I, 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 I just, just comparing it to Final Fantasy games, I wouldn't say that Final Fantasy 16 is much prettier than Final Fantasy 15. Granted, it's been a hot minute since I played 15. I don't know. It just, it's not that yeah, it's ugly. Yeah, it's it's so just perfect. for a PS5 exclusive, it could be a lot prettier. But uh, yeah. That's where I'm at with it. I'd say it's a solid eight. The it's not a nine because I just think it could be prettier. Uh, and I also ran into some stuttering issues because hmm. we all remember how how loud the PS4 got. There were a couple times where, especially like during like boss fights and a lot of stuff is going on. I for the first time I actually heard my PS5 going off. Like not like a jet engine like the PS4 was, but like I for the first time ever I actually heard it going off. Just because there's so many particle effects, like there's just so much going on in the game, which is the only reason why I think that they didn't go full out with just overall graphical presentation, because the amount of stuff that they get on screen at once is incredible for this game. Like towards the end, when you're doing like final battle stuff, you're fighting a lot of people, a lot of okay. people. Okay. okay, I like that review. Yeah, like so it. yeah, eight, eight out of ten. Which uh, leads me to the next two games that I jumped uh, jumped into. Oh, uh, you rolled title card on. Yeah. Rolled title, yeah. Uh, one is on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, I am deciding to jump back into my JRPG roots, uh, mm -hmm. kind of sticking along the lines of Square Enix, with a Square Enix-adjacent kind of like pseudo-love letter game, Sea of Stars. I know that I've mentioned it before a couple times. It, did. Uh, it, it, did. it is a beautiful, beautiful JRPG. I'm not going to get too far into it because I've only got about two hours into it. Um, I'm very much looking forward to talking to it. it. The I'll say pixel art, I think, is still some of the most beautiful things like game-wise ever. Like I would say that the games on the SNES are more beautiful than anything on the PS1 or the game or the N64. I think that first era of like low poly 3D stuff just has not aged well. And I'd say that the same kind of goes for the original Xbox and the PS2 as well. Um, huh? But yeah, Sea of Stars, title card on it. Great game. Great game so far. But the big one that I've jumped into, uh, the Lies of P, the Soulsborn love letter based on the world of Pinocchio. And, mm. uh, man. It looks great. It, uh, it this is another one. This is another one, brother. If you're, if you're thinking about getting into the whole streaming thing, it's, uh, it's absolutely worth it. And, uh, 
I've been playing it primarily on my computer because it's on Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass. Another absolute win for Xbox. Um, I streamed it today. So my journey thus far, uh, I, I think overall between the demo and playing it a little bit on my own uh, before I streamed it, I've got about four to five hours in it. Oh, okay. And I'm a little, little chunk there. Right. Yeah, I'm loving it. But yeah, yeah. So Cave Talk has its first official stream up. It's live. Well, it's not live. It's published on Twitch. Uh, and as we're sitting here currently, it's finally published on YouTube as well. So first two hours. I'm sorry to those who are like really hot, sweaty tryhards. I'm a sweaty trying as hard as I can because it is hard. <laughs> uh, so yeah, first two hours. It's fantastic. Uh, beautiful game. Runs well on my PC. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I said initially that I probably wasn't going to play the whole thing on stream. But looking at time to beat, I think I just might. So look forward to that in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, Yeah, looking looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, for the for the tryhards, I I'm casual as shit. I don't know. (laughs) No no perspiration. Well, zero perspiration. (laughs) I I am I am I am relaxing and trying to have fun. I am not I am not abusing frame rates and just no. No, I'm not. I, I I will not sweat. Um, <laughs> well, I'm sweating, but purely out of anxiety and because I'm giving it my best and still getting my foot my uh my face kicked in. Dude, so that game that game looks so good. Uh, really, really good choice, man. I'm yeah. I'm just waiting. I got so much coming to me in October. It's just not here yet. If I so much, I mean Spider Man too. I just oh, I mean Spider Man too. Spider Man too, baby. Uh, I got yeah. So much coming. It's just so, actually, I'll tell you exactly again. All the games before we move on to our next thing. All the games okay. I am Hit me still waiting on. Let me go to my. Let me go to a little pre-order section here. Kind of ridiculous at this point. Ooh, the pre- the pre-order list. Yeah, haven't pre-ordered these because pre-ordering a digital game is ridiculous to me. Depending on unless I'm really getting something just that blows me away. Well, while you're pulling that up, remember when pre-ordering games actually mattered? Because it did. (laughs) Kids, believe it or not, back in the day, there were plenty of times where if you didn't pre-order a game, you just didn't get that game for like a month and a half because it just wasn't physically available anywhere. And God, remember, remember, remember having to like convince her, hey, I know that you're like, an adult with like real stuff, but can you drive me around to Toys R Us, Best Buy, Walmart, and GameStop for the next couple hours, just trying to find Halo Two, Grand Theft Auto, Vice City, uh, Red Dead Redemption, Mass Effect, <laughs> and it's like, okay, mom, dad, I will do chores for the next two days and not have time to play my new game, but I'll just know that I finally have it. Oh, yeah. Pre-ordering is kind of a moot point at this point, unless you're trying to get like a special edition of something. A thousand looking, percent. Looking at you, 19 inches of Venom, <laughs> or or whatever oh, the hell yeah. it is. I almost forgot about that. That statue that's is dope. sick looking. That statue is dope. So... Financi- financially, I can't justify it, but man, good stuff. My pre-orders include Assassin's Creed Mirage. 
Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's even going to be good, but UFC 5. Because I'm a UFC fan. Okay. Um, let's see. Scrolling past, scrolling past. Because there are a lot of no's here. That should cover me. Hmm. I, I was going to say Prince of Persia, but that's really just, you know what that really is? is I really want the first ever Prince of Persia game, and I couldn't get it. And that's and I the, thought that it looked really cool. That's the, the lost that's like the side, the side-scrolling Prince of Persia, correct? Not not I the think, not the Sands of Time remake. It's like the, what's uh, it called? This one, I think, is like, I think this is a side. Oh, yeah, this is a side scroller. This is a side. Yeah, scroller. it's like kind of cell shaded and like it's got a very specific animation style. Yeah, because yep. the Sands of Time remake that they announced in like 2020 has been pushed back into oblivion and is like a single slip away from becoming vaporware. It's, it's in development hell. And then <laughs> cap it off with second eight, where I will physically get my shit kicked in. If I'm being honest with you. Uh, <laughs> as good as I feel I am at Tekken, I'm going to get my shit kicked in. And then after the more recent trailer that dropped uh, at last week's State of Play, uh, Final Fantasy Rebirth, where I will then emotionally get my shit kicked in. So yeah. I've got a lot coming up that I am uh, I am so excited for. I got to ask about USC 5. You know what I want to come back? And this is, again, a side tangent before we get into the meat of this episode. Uh, fight Night. Yes! Bro! Yeah. Everybody wants Fight Night to come back. God, I mean, don't get me wrong. UFC is awesome. But, man, remember how good Fight Night looked in the 360 PS3? Perfect. Like, those perfect. games to this day hold up as being, like, pretty freaking good. I mean, oh, could you imagine Unreal Engine 5 on a PS5 or an Xbox Series X with an SSD. I oh and and I know that it was a controversial thing at the time. I loved the fight system of using the 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 right joystick to like cock to the left, rear back like it took a it took a hot minute to perfect. You but man, when you Yes. Oh, dude, it's so good. It was perfect. And, and also some of the best title songs of all time. Like, just mm, feeling it. I miss, anyway. I miss Fight Night so much. It was perfect. Uh, and, and the sad thing it was, was perfect. round two, round three, and round four were fantastic. And, and Fight Night World Champion or Fight Night Champion just wasn't as good. It just, it just wasn't as good. I'd bring anyway. Game back in the heartbeat. Oh, a thousand now percent. That I, now that I am uh, sad... Uh, go on. Let's uh, <laughs> let's let's do this. Let's transition. Oh, we got to noises. The next thing you were gonna say? Yeah, you thought I forgot about the soundboard. I did. <laughs> this just in. We have a soundboard. Also, this just in. Man, this has been a week for the green brand. I uh, boy. So, Justin, a lot coming up. Yeah. Uh. Microsoft really stepped in it, and not necessarily in a bad way. Uh, sure. Huge, huge leaks. Uh, and this is coming from uh, leaked emails and documents dating back to early to mid-2020 to up to more recently to, uh, times. So this is going to come from a, a very different kind of Xbox. I mean, 
Xbox again, you, you you can't talk about it enough, or you can talk about it too much depending on who you ask. The last decade has not been great. Um, but Xbox is going through a transitionary period. And the Xbox of 2020, coming off of the tail end of the Xbox One generation, moving its way finally into not only a new generation with the series consoles, but into a new generation with just an insane amount of issues. You've got the COVID pandemic. You've got the shortages because of the COVID pandemic and nobody being able to get parts for anything, specifically electronics. Well, I mean, yeah, let's just get into it. So uh, pulling from the uh, article on Kutaku, and I mean, this was covered by GameSpot, uh, sorry, GameSpot, Big Robot, I mean, all the big places. But I mean, starting off, at one point, Microsoft considered purchasing Nintendo. I mean, just I, initial thoughts on that. I've got some thoughts, um, and, and I know that we're not trying to be here for the next four and a half hours. So <laughs> it, it, it sounds crazier than it is. Um, the reason I yeah. say that is that it, people look at big acquisitions all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It may just be an idea. Like, I mean, I've I've worked at companies where we've had competition and we're just like, or not even competition, but maybe they have, they're, they're really good at something, at what they make, or they're really good at a certain process, or if it's entertainment, they're a library, and it's, well, why don't we just acquire it? Instead of building our own, why don't we just mm-hmm. acquire it? Mm-hmm. And Nintendo mm-hmm. would be perfect for that, for their IP catalog. As well as, uh, well, I mean, they 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 rock handhelds. Well, both, I guess, they rock handhelds right now. So you know, instead of doing all this stuff to make our own, why don't we just buy it? I I can't see it really getting far down the road of conversation, but oh, I can didn't. absolutely, yeah, I can absolutely see it being like a, do we build something or just buy something? Hey. Would it be worth it to just buy it? Like almost like um uh WWE, I mean this is this is not to, to go down this rabbit hole, but like kinda how they had considered doing Ring of Honor a while back was like, hey, yeah. to get access to like all those tapes in their library, like why don't we just buy it? Like yeah, is is I I could see I could see somebody at Microsoft kind of kicking that conversation around. Seriously, not much, but as far as um, just like a potential, like hey, do we build something or buy something? Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, I I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, the conversation did not get far. Uh, they were in very 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 preliminary talks, and it essentially came down to Nintendo was like, nah, brother, we're good. We're Nintendo. Yeah. Um, and also, as cool as I, I, the pros of it, Xbox being able to have a real cornerstone in the handheld market, I think would just be awesome. Uh, I don't oh, think yeah. it would necessarily make financial sense, but from a player standpoint, it would be awesome. Um, and also, I would love to see a Nintendo console backed by Microsoft money. I, I mean, I mean, basically, we, as opposed to having a Nintendo Switch, if Microsoft had owned Nintendo, 
uh, around 2015, right about now, we might not have a Steam Deck per se, or we would have a Steam Deck, but it would be a direct competition to the Xbox Nintendo handheld. Because I feel like if, if Nintendo had the war chest of Microsoft, and not just Xbox, but Microsoft, I feel like its handhold, the Switch in this case, would be much more equitable to a Steam Deck. I think it would be a handheld PC. I, I don't think that we'd be having the hardware woes that we have been having for the last handful of years with the Nintendo Switch being severely underpowered. Because right now, um, I mean, Nintendo is very good at optimizing their first party games for their switch the fact that tears of the kingdom and everything that is in that game i think is like i think it's like 11 maybe 13 gigs whereas a standard game nowadays like liza p was like 60 and like i thought that that was small <laughs> i mean nowadays for for your top tier a plus 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 s tier video games 80, 80 to 100 gigs, if not more, is pretty standard. I think the latest patch for Call of Duty Warzone, I think Call of Duty, pretty standard, is like between 130 and 150 gigs. Yeah. So, so anyway. Possibly. I mean, possibly. Because Nintendo hasn't really waded into the horsepower wars when it came to uh, games since no. kind of the Wii. Like, oh, I would even say even the GameCube. Because the yeah, Wii was still pretty far behind. Yeah, we could make an argument for the GameCube. Nintendo, for better and for worse, I think leaned more into not gimmick. I don't want to say gimmick, but I mean I'll say gimmick. Of. Yeah, sort <laughs> of. Uh, they leaned into innovation, which I think threatened to become very gimmicky. Like mm -hmm. the Wii was great for innovation and things that you could do, and it was so different, and it was. An alternative, not a direct, direct competitor. Kind, kind of the same as if you say, okay, here is, you know, horsepower wars. Here's a 700 horsepower Ford. Well, here's a 720 horsepower Dodge. All right. And then Toyota's like, well, here's like a 400 horsepower thing that's just really fun to drive and super comfortable. Like. Yeah. You're not competing with those two, but the problem is I think with Nintendo, like they leaned into it. But you, I mean, God, we, I think everybody can't help but think about like a, and would it work? I'm sure it would. But like, how many yeah. times have we seen Nintendo games rendered in Unreal Engine that people have gone and like made themselves? So I think that yeah, Microsoft acquires them. You'd get at least one classic Nintendo IP that was ready. Most likely it would be Zelda or um, or Metroid. But Ooh, you, yeah. you, you, you'd you get a Zelda or a Metroid game with like that did weigh into the kind of horsepower wars and ray tracing and all that stuff. Yeah, I no, I, I agree. I think, yeah, I think, I think there'd be some pros. I think overall, without getting any further into detail, I think there'd be more cons than pros. I think that Nintendo would lose yeah. inherently lose its Nintendo-ness because Nintendo's going to Nintendo. So yeah. Yeah. Uh the next leak. Uh and this is a much smaller one. Bethesda uh is potentially working on an Oblivion remaster. I'm with it. Um I'm with it. 
Oblivion was the very first 360 game that I ever owned. I'm with it. I'm, I'm, I'd be with an Oblivion remaster. Um, hmm, yeah, I could dig that. I think I saw Fallout 3, too. Now I think about it. So, I think, I think, now, now I think about it. I think I did see something about Fallout 3, which I'd be okay with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think because their 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 next game is going to be in the Elder Scrolls universe, I'm yeah. pretty sure that they decided that they were going to do a Oblivion remaster in the sense of uh not as quite not as quite in depth as the Final Fantasy VII remake because I know that there's a lot of back and forth on like what is a remake versus a remaster. This would be a very very remakey version of a remaster not a full remake but a very it would it would be a bit more than just a pretty coat of paint it wouldn't be yeah, here we, here, be, here's the same exact game but in 4k 60 fps like it would be prettier be, than that it'd be crisis course yes crisis, yes yes crisis very, is somewhere between a remake a remaster and a remake yes. yeah i could i could get with that i i yeah. fallout 3 yeah okay yeah. Honestly, that. it's funny that you say that. I know I texted you. I w- I was between Sea of Stars and Crisis Core remake. Those were like the. I was like, I'm going to get something to play on my Switch so that way I can like be burning through something while I'm in bed at night. So little side piece. Uh, the next one, uh, Phil Spencer, and I want to actually go to the Kotaku website to kind of dig into this, and I will uh, I will I will read through it, and then we'll go for it. Okay. Uh, the next leak was Phil Spencer thinks that AAA game publishers have kind of lost their mojo. And again, this is from Kotaku, uh, an article written by one Claire, Claire Jackson. So thank you, Claire. Okay. Phil Spencer stated that AAA publishers were so slow to react to the disruption of digital storefronts like Steam and shops built specifically for Xbox and PlayStation. In a leaked email, Spencer wrote that third-party publishers were unable to replicate the dominance that they established back in the days of video game retail. After losing their advantage of highly exclusive access to consumers in brick-and-mortar stores, they have not found a way to effectively cross-promote. They have not found a way to build publisher brands that drive consumer affinity. Uh, the way that Disney has with like Disney Plus. He also noted that instead of adapting, they've adopted a strategy of making huge bets on highly expensive prestige project pre, uh, prestige projects, relying on those risky all-in bets to establish and maintain publisher brands. He con- he concluded that the role of the AAA publisher has changed and become significantly less important in today's gaming industry. Uh, and just to kind of paraphrase that. Because we are no longer having to go to the aforementioned Walmarts, Best Buys, GameStops, Toys R Uses, RIP, uh, the, 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 there used to be such a broad spectrum. You know, I, I think that back in the day, not only did we get less games, we got less blockbuster games, as it were. Nowadays, all these big companies are betting. They're all trying to make the next Halo. That's not a good example. They're all trying to make the next playstation game they're all trying to make the next spider-man the next god of war the next last of us the next ghost of Tsushima, as opposed to just putting out they're basically they're all pushing to try and get 10 out of 10 game of the year stuff as opposed to being perfectly okay with you know an eight and a nine and i really think to kind of caveat off that i think that that is partially what made the indie scene so incredible i mean 10 years ago i mean god I guess we're, I guess, p- probably close, closer to 
10, uh, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, no one cared about games like Stardew Valley because they didn't exist. Nobody cared about games like Sea of Stars because they didn't exist. The The gaming uh, world has really kind of gone to everyone is going for your Last of Us or your Stardews. And that kind of middle ground is really just kind of gone away. And I think that that's kind of what uh, Phil Spencer is getting at because yeah. of, of, of the landscape that we're in. Yeah, you mentioned AAA publishers are milking their top franchises. They're struggling to refill their portfolios. Which... And you could kind of say that Hollywood is in the same Hollywood is in the in the, in the same boat. Everything is a prequel, spinoff, sequel, or shared cinematic universe. It it's a lot of going with the safe bets, getting your nostalgia plays, mm-hmm. and slapping an IP sticker on something. Like, for example, and I mean, I love this game, but like, Assassin's Creed Black Flag was a fantastic Ooh. pirate game. It wasn't that great of an Assassin's Creed game. It was a fantastic Ooh. pirate game. Yeah. Um, The new, I mean, people hated this in Hollywood-wise, but like, the new Velma show that they put on HBO Max. I didn't watch That's it. That's the one with like, uh, Mindy, uh, Mindy Kaling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, like, that, that she basically just had people hate watch. It feels nothing like a Scooby-Doo show. Yeah. But you slap that IP on it, and that's going to get eyes to it. Or, for example, uh, the um, I would say, honestly, almost all three. Uh, I would say... Um, the Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker were very fun space movies, <laughs> but you could almost argue they didn't feel like fantastic Star Wars movies. And yeah. it, 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 it's kind of the same thing. Like we talked about, like we talked about it with Xbox a while back. Like, how long can you just trot out Master Chief? Or 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 Marcus Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how long can you trot that out? Um, yeah, having your big IPs is great. Like, hey, Sega and Nintendo has Sonic and and, and Mario and PlayStation kind of has theirs with your Kratos and your Alloy and stuff like that. But like Alloy, but yeah, people aren't want triple A triple A publishers aren't wanting to really take the bets. They aren't really wanting to take the like, well, you know, this is something brand new and it may not seem to check every box, but I guess passion brought, you're going, you're, you're going what's safe. And it, it's, yeah. I, I don't want to sit there and say people are creatively bankrupt. Like that feels so harsh to say, but if nobody's wanting to take chances, and like he's even saying here, you're relying on rented IPs like Star Wars. That's a really good example. Yep. Once again, you're taking something and you're making it, but you're just slapping that IP sticker on there. Oh, for and sure. You're playing it safe. Like, yeah, I'll buy a Star Wars game, but like, are they really sure that they didn't have some of the you know Star Wars IP things? 
you couldn't have made a fun space game. It's kind of, it's, that's yep. kind of the, the thought. And like, yeah, you have like your Bethesda's with Starfield and such like that, but that's essentially Bethesda making a Bethesda game. Like their style of game almost is their idea. Well, and, and even, even then Starfield's a perfect example. Starfield, uh, has been out for, a, I mean, less than a month, but m- more than a, more than a week. It's been out for about two weeks, three weeks. It's, I mean, it's doing very well. It is on Game Pass. It's on PC Game Pass. So they're not getting that upfront bump of $70 a piece unless you want, I mean, you can always buy it a la carte if you want to, but most people are playing it on, on Game Pass. Sure. Um, but even then, for as hyped as that game was, it's mm-hmm. only re- surpassed about 10 million copies. It is a new IP. Now, there's no way for us to know this for sure, but I can all but guarantee goddamn to you that if earlier this month Bethesda had released Skyrim 2, that game would be 15, 18 million. Because, yeah, it, it, people, people want that nostalgia bump, especially with you know, the world being what it is. You know, it's scary times for everybody. People want to feel safe. People want to go back to that time of, oh, remember... Remember when things were good and, you know, it's all perspective, you know, ki- kids who are 12 years old right now, you know, in 15, 20 years are going to go, God, I wish they'd make a Starfield too. Remember when things were so good in 2023, it's all about that perspective. But I mean, that's, what's so great about, I mean, I am the green brand guy. That's what's so great about Sony. Sony is so confident in their publishers. I mean, they are falling back on IPs. Spider-Man 2 is a well-established IP. Spider-Man as a whole is arguably one of the most marketable IPs on the planet. They're also putting out... I I do talk that up a little bit to success of the first game. If the first game hadn't been so good. It's almost like, well, we've got to make it. Well, yeah, okay, fine. We wouldn't have got got Ragnarok if if God of War wasn't so good. Well, yeah. So, let, I mean, those are perfect caveats. Let's go back to 2018. You get God of War and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Both are based off established IPs, mm-hmm. but, you know, they did a lot of different stuff. Now we've had Ragnarok. We're about to get Spider-Man 2. But amidst all that, they put out Ghost of Tsushima, which, like, that that was a brand new IP. That was a banger IP. That is going to be, I mean, unless something has gone crazily wrong, and they've all but confirmed it, there's going to be a Ghost of Tsushima too. Got it. Uh, yeah. They haven't really said anything specific other than working on a Last of Us Part Two adjacent multiplayer thing. Fact. One of the most highly anticipated games that are going to come out in the next five years is whatever the flying fuck Naughty Dog is going to put out, because. Yeah. What Naughty Dog has built with with Sony is something that most of Hollywood doesn't get outside of your Martin Scorsese's is if you're willing to put your money where your mouth is and back something, it's going to be good. Back in 2013, nobody wanted Naughty Dog to stray away from uh, the Uncharted games. Like, hey, this is good. This is good. These are making money. And I mean, at least at the time, they were put them out. And a very good clip. Oh, yeah. The PS3 had all three of the original trilogy. I mean, and realistically, they probably could have put a fourth one on there had they not been working on Last of Us. So I just think it's incredible. 
where where we're at. I'm very interested to see where this streaming market goes, where the subscription market goes, and to see if the AAA game can come back. Because I just I I think he's he's right. I think that so many people are not willing to to run the risk on that stuff. And I hate to say it, I think that Sony is going to be the one that's pushing this. But I'm I'm very happy that because of things like Game Pass. I, I think that they're going to make a comeback. I really do. Like um, uh, earlier this year, Hi-Fi Rush, rhythm-based game, Shadow dropped it. It got all sorts of accolades. I know for a lot of people in the industry that it's going to be in their top 10 if they're not the game of the year. Con- so I, I, I think we're getting there. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's see. The next one, this is another short one, uh, kind of along the same lines as um, the Oblivion thing. Uh, Microsoft... They they tried to get exclusive rights to it, but that didn't that didn't happen because of money stuff. Rockstar is uh, going to be more than likely putting out a Red Dead Redemption Two next gen refresh. So again, okay. Red Dead Two okay. came right. out in 2018, still mm-hmm. a very pretty game, but there's that. Okay. Uh, here's an interesting one. Uh, since the uh, the release of the series generation, X, I mean I, I don't think you have the article up. What would you say the breakdown is? If you had to take a guesstimation, you know, in 2020, they dropped the Xbox Series X at 499 and that is the, the beefier console, more teraflops. It's got a built-in hard drive. It's 4K capable, 60 FPS. And they also dropped the, the cheapest new gen uh, console of the Xbox Series S for 299 It can do 1080p, but it super samples up to uh, uh, 1440, whatever that mid thing is um it's all digital so if you had to break down the the overall market what would you say that that breakdown is between series x console owners and series s console owners all right factoring in availability correct the I mean, s is easier to get um, yeah the, the s has been pretty easy to get since about the first eight months of it coming in but honestly, for like last year and a half, two years, both the Series X and the Series S have been pretty doggone available. The, the PS5 shortage has lasted way longer. So let's just say for ease of conversation, the last two years, since the very end of 2021, uh, Series X. Give me like a 60-40 split S to A. See, and that's, that's kind of where I thought I thought I, I thought that there'd be a bit of parody. No, uh, as of April 2022, 74.8% of Xbox Series owners are gaming on a Series S. Okay, I can, I can get there. Um, mainly because if you have some people who, I mean, honestly, don't even care about some of the horsepower. I mean, there's things. a lot. There's a lot of people out there that still don't have a 4K TV. Exactly. So you don't really care about some of the horsepower things. If you're a parent getting this for your kid, um, and you can save two hundred dollars. Yeah, because I mean, I got I got my nephew a Series S. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't really care or really need like the craziest horsepower, and he got a uh, upgrade. He got a he got a he got a hard he got a uh, bigger hard drive. So yeah. Oh, did you get him the the tear apart model? Uh no, he got a Seagate. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. I think that's right. I think you bought him that prior to that. Yeah, yeah one yeah. or two terabytes. So he has that, and he has Game Pass. So for me, if I'm a parent and I get you that S and you have Game Pass, as far as I'm concerned, you're pretty much set. Yeah. So I can absolutely. I would have. I, I would have still thought you. You could have probably. It still surprises me. You probably could have talked me up to maybe mid sixties. Maybe sneak me to seventy percent, but almost seventy five percent. I mean, that's that's three out of er. What is that? Out of out of every four people, three of them. <laughs> yeah, that's three out of every four people. So that. Yeah, I mean, that's a big chunk okay. of cheese, man. Yeah, yeah I'm a uh, surprised. And, I mean, if you don't mind my asking, and if you are uncomfortable with it, just give me like a. Ru- How old is your nephew? Is he? Oh, he between is ten 14. and. Okay, man, could you imagine yourself as a 14-year-old and where you were as a 14-year-old being given a brand new console with access to something like Game Pass? Like, basically, day one, getting a brand new console and having a hundred plus games Mm -hmm. instantly at your fingertips. It's so rare that I got to buy him a game because for the most part, what he wants... He can, if, he, if he wants to get a little money, I want to hook him up because he's doing well in school. But for the most part, he rarely has to like go buy a game. Yeah. For the most part, if it's not a day one, eventually it's going to be on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not there, there's such a big selection for him. So, yeah, yeah getting him an S in Game Pass, if you're a parent, why am I going to go get you this $500 yeah. console? I mean, like yeah, it makes it makes I, I, you can give me. You know what? I'm I'm having an easier time getting around at seventy five. Yeah, yep. I mean, it's it's drastic, but at the same time, it's like no, that kind of makes sense. I mean, to to put myself in the, in that position at fourteen fifteen, I would have been getting my three sixty, and you know, I got my three sixty, and the, like I mentioned before, my first game was Oblivion. Oblivion was my three sixty game that I had for months. And then eventually, I think I got Call of Duty 3. But I mean, I had Oblivion. But then, like, honestly, for the first handful of months, the game that I played most on my 360 was Halo 2, which was an Xbox original game. It just happened to be forward compatible. So, okay. I mean, I mean, that's that's pretty crazy. And uh, that actually kind of leads us into our next thing. Uh, Microsoft dramatically underestimated Baldur's Gate 3. So along with trying to get the exclusive rights to the next-gen refresh of Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, at one point, (laughs) uh, Microsoft was trying to buy the exclusive rights to Baldur's Gate 3 for $5 million. Now, $5 million, that's, that's that's not pocket change. But I mean, think about the conversation around Baldur's Gate three right now. Like that game yeah. is like that game is making its money. Baldur's Gate surprised me a little bit with uh, with some of the conversation around it. But I, I feel like I underestimated Baldur's Gate three to be. Oh, honest. I mean, yeah. So this is a Microsoft leak report. But I mean, f- six months ago, nobody would have put money on this, and it got to the point where. Uh, Larian Studio actually, I mean, they put out a tweet uh, in response to this leak, and uh, here's their tweet in quotations. Uh, In their defense, speaking about Microsoft, 
So did everyone else. Same with uh, uh, Divinity Original Sin 2, which was their previous game. It comes with the genre, the CRPG. And the way we approach things and the way we execute things, there isn't just any existing data that could have told anyone how Baldur's Gate 3 was going to perform. We just had to take a giant spooky leak. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that's incredible. I mean, and that ties into the S conversation because famously, uh, uh, Boulder's Great is obviously on PC. It is a PC RPG. Uh, it's recently been released for the PS5. It is famously absent from the series because uh, Xbox wants parity between the Series S and the Series X. Uh, and finally, they got in. Uh, I mean, The game got so big so quick, Microsoft sent over their personal gaming engineers to go work on Baldur's Gate 3 with their dev kits to squeeze everything that they can out of the S console. Because the problem was they got it working on the Series X, no problem. But the problem was yet you couldn't do – they couldn't get co-op or split screen to work on the Series S without having major, major game-breaking – they never said anything about consoles bricking, but it got pretty bad. The 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 little the little yeah. console that could just couldn't do it. And you yeah. know, Microsoft panic because as we just read, seventy five percent of Microsoft's player base could not have played Baldur's Gate three. Finally, uh, they went through and they basically said it's going to come to Series X, full featured Series S. It's going to get everything except uh, couch co op, basically. And like they had to walk back because uh, when they announced this generation, they said the Series S and the Series X will continually have parity. Anything the Series X can do, the Series S can do. There's a lot of worry about it because people are like, well, we don't, we don't want this Series S console holding back the Series X console. And to be fair, Phil Spencer addressed it with a very real point. Whenever PC games are being built, think of the wide swath of PC builds there are out there. Yeah. I mean, with Xbox, there's two SKUs, a powerful one and a less powerful one. But really, the difference is between 4K and not 4K. So really, really not that big a deal. But I mean, I just thought that that was very interesting. Uh, The next one, and I'm really going to have to dig into this one because this is not something I'm comfortable paraphrasing whatsoever. Microsoft accidentally got an exclusive Sega game. Um, so I'm just going to read from the article here. Uh, as the next-gen consoles launched in 2020, fans of Sega's long-running Yakuza series were surprised that its latest entry, the RPG Like a Dragon, was available on Xbox Series SX but not PS5. The Yakuza series had long been associated with PlayStation, so what was up? The leak revealed that Microsoft was just as surprised, and turns out the reason for Like a Dragon landing on Xbox first was due to competing regional exclusivity agreements Sega had made, essentially short-circuiting the other. The result? Xbox players ate well while PlayStation fans wept in their dual senses. So, again, nothing Mm. crazy, but it was Xbox got exclusivity because Sega didn't read paperwork on two different things. Da, 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 da. Oh no! All right. The next one. New controller. So before I go too far into it, the Xbox 
controller is by far and away my favorite controller. I like oh, yeah. offset. Yeah, I, I I like offset joysticks. Yeah. I mean, for the for the obvious reasons, it doesn't work this way. If I could only play with a single controller, it would be the Xbox controller, and I would just pair it to everything. I love how I, I love the offset joysticks. I I love I just like I love the feel of it. To be fair, and I don't think that this was an accident. The Dual Sense is the first break from the PlayStation design uh, design philosophy ever. PS One, PS Two, PS Three, PS Four. I mean, they they were different to some degrees, but I mean, generally speaking, it was the same design. The Dual Sense feels much more Xbox controller ish. I mean, obviously, they still have uh, the the, the parallel or the, the lateral line for the, uh, the, the, the joysticks. Yeah. But, uh, so, um, I'm going to actually kind of, mer- I want to merge these next two stories together. Right. So the Xbox is planning on getting a new revamped controller and a new console revamp by the end of 2024. Now, again, a lot of these things were pulled from emails said in 2020. So that, again, that was amid COVID. That was amid parts shortages. So oh, yeah. the, it, it, it could move back and forth. But hey, the typical uh, console lifespan is seven to nine years. We're in twenty twenty. We're going to be in twenty twenty four. The end of twenty twenty four is realistically the halfway point of an eight year console cycle. That happens all the time. Um. So something to do with the new controller is basically they're going to want to like adopt the dual sense thing because they were very impressed with the dual sense reveal. The new controller is essentially going to get haptic feedback. It's essentially what they would go with. Uh, they're going to change the form factor a little bit. They're going to have more comfortable grips on it. They want to have more of a, more of a rubberized feel to it. Okay. Um, so there's that. Yeah. It. Yeah. And now for the next the, the, the mid-generation console jump, they're basically going to put out a Series X, but an all-digital form, which I'm very excited about. Because for me, I love my Series X up here. I have put in a single Blu-ray to that just to try it out. I have not... I mean, I think I mentioned this on the last week's podcast. Either Fallen Order or Death Stranding in 2019 was the last physical copy of a game that I've bought for myself. I bought s- several things for my kid. Um, but I mean, I've been all digital personally since 2019. And if I could have saved 50 bucks on my Series X because they didn't have to put a physical drive in, I'd be super happy about that. Uh, there's pictures up on the internet about this new X series. Um, it's... It's just like the Series X, but round. It's a tall cylinder. Don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I mean, and unless something goes crazy wrong, I'm keeping my Series X as is. There's no point. I mean, from everything in this email, it's essentially going to be a redesign, making it all digital, and there's going to be minimal power upgrades. I'm talking like marginal, to the point where unless my Series X takes a crap, I'm not going to worry about it. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. And uh they're going to do a revamped Series S. The Series S is already all digital, so basically it'll get it'll be form factor stuff making it even slightly smaller. Uh both of them are going to get uh heat dispension upgrade. I mean, it's going to be a, a mid-series jump. 
not like the PS5 Pro or the Series uh, or the Xbox One X. Yeah. But I mean, just just a, a mid tier jump. I'm with it. Yeah, I'm with it. And then the last one, and this is just kind of more of a joking one. <laughs> not joking, but Phil Spencer was not impressed by the PS5 reveal. Uh, hmm. Basically, Phil Spencer described the Series SX line as a better product than what Sony has, not just on the hardware, but equally important on the software platforms and services. Uh, we He said the Xbox has the ingredients of a winning plan, and you know that's where he was with that. Take okay. that with a grain of salt. Yeah. I mean... He he's gotta he's gotta play for his team. He's gotta he's yeah. gotta do what he's gotta do. Uh, that being said, Phil, I mean, I love Phil Spencer. I think I'd say that Xbox is a better company than PlayStation, and I and I stand by this. And I've been saying, I think in the long run, if one of the two big big companies is going to disappear, it's going to be Sony. I think Xbox is a far better company. Granted, it is still a money hungry capitalist company i mean not saying that they are a good guy but i think that they are a lesser evil to quote the witcher than sony and also xbox has that microsoft war chest microsoft could buy sony 10 times over with not the pocket change and not couch change but you know without digging too much of the coffers um that being said phil uh i'm an xbox guy where where are the games brother starfield's a good start Hi-Fi Rush was a great little surprise. You had Halo Infinite. Nobody's talking about it. Redfall was a complete disaster to the point where, you know, y'all guys, y'all guys all but apologized for it. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the PS5 launched with Miles Morales. Don't get me wrong. I know that it also was on the PS4, but I mean, Miles Morales was pretty banging. Oh, Ra- Ra- Ragnarok. Also on the PS4, oh. but also, but but I mean, Justin, on your on your TV wall, banging. Uh, yeah, yeah. F- Horizon for, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, console exclusive. P- uh, Spider Man Two going to be console exclusive. I mean, Phil Spencer can say whatever he wants, but so far, in the game of video games, once again, Sony's continued to bring the games. And uh, I'm re- I'm really hoping that Starfield is that first domino. We've been talking about the dominoes for bloody ever. I'm very ex- I'm very interested to see where we are this time next year. I think that Xbox will have a better leg to stand on. But uh, yeah, those are those are the Xbox leaks. I dig it. I dig it. Those are some, also some good ones too, man. Very excited to kind of see what comes along with that. Um, I know we're getting. Near the end of the year. Yep. But um, a couple things just to kind of get you up to date. Uh, Mm -hmm, mm We're talking about the bigness of companies and acquisitions, so it's kind of funny. WWE has news today. They, or specifically, SmackDown, the TV rights have been acquired by the USA Network. Okay. For a cool 1.4 bill. So this is right after their... Uh, selling slash merger with uh, Endeavor to yes. form PKO. Yes, yes, yes. So you have PKO as a holding company now, and then WWE yes. and UFC are side by side their products they own. Um, so right after that, now you have Fox purchasing the right TV rights for 1.4 bill, which is crazy big numbers. I think almost 50% bigger than what Fox bought it for. Um, yes. 
Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, I think you. I think either I misheard or you misspoke. Who's buying SmackDown? Seeing uh, NBC. Uh, the rights is NBC. Yeah, so it's going to be playing then, on the USA then, Network. It's okay, and Fox. who and is leaving Fox? That's right. Yeah. Okay, and it's at and a that's, number that's about forty percent or so higher than what Fox acquired it for a couple of years ago. Okay, so and so now it's going to be way up. Yeah. Okay, so what? So it's going to be on NBC as opposed to USA. Uh, it's probably going to be on USA because NBC. Oh, owns okay. It. Right. Okay. So, yeah. and and this is only applying to SmackDown. To SmackDown. So is Raw staying on? In is no Raw? No clue. Nobody's really too sure really? because we don't know if they're going to drop the. It's it's always been on USA. Outside of I think a short run on Sci-Fi, but I don't see them. I I don't see USA ditching the rights to. I, I don't know what they're going to pony up for for Raw and NXT. I think in a perfect world, they'd like to have all three shows in the same network. It um, only makes sense, and it makes it's going to make watching it that much easier. And I, I know we're running long in the tooth. I'm willing to get into it, but I mean, this might be a whole podcast by itself. To watch, uh, to watch wrestling, unless you're willing to pony up 150 bucks a month on on cable. God. Mm. It, it's, it's it is a struggle. Again, that, that's all, that, that is a whole episode of this podcast by itself. <laughs> so they, they did that today. So yep. record, record days here for the WWE, which is great. Oh, um, for they're, sure. They're, they're thriving. AEW looks to be thriving. They're about to possibly have a deal with Max here soon where they'll have okay. an AEW library and pay-per-views, hopefully on Max. Make okay. AEW all the easier to watch for everybody. Okay. Side tangent, side tangent. HBO, I need you to stop rebranding your streaming service every seven months. Because every time I do it, you kick off all my devices. Stop it. Becomes it becomes a new app. It becomes a new – I'm telling you, in, in, the last, in the last year and a half, it was HBO Go. Then it was HBO Max. And now it's just Max. I need you to quit it. Take take it's that terrible. Game of Thrones money. Take take that inherit. Take your HBO money and stick to something. We're all gonna <laughs> we're all gonna watch you. We're all, take that Last of Us money. That's what. Take that Last of Us money. Stick. Buy a thumbnail and stick to that thumbnail till twenty thirty four. Give me ten years. That Less. So, so anyway, <laughs> WWE so <they> <laughs> or AEW. AEW is thriving. Um, they just had a great show this last week. WWE is thriving. However, WWE made some employee cuts last week. Because um, well, I know, I know that they also happen. cut. I mean, they so, cut almost a hundred people behind the scenes as well. Yeah, so they cut some. They cut. That's what I was getting to. Uh, is they cut some people last week, which was mostly like your administration, office people. There's going to be redundancies anytime companies merge. So you yes. don't need two marketing people. You don't need, you know, four payroll, whatever it may be. So today, however, after announcing this amazing deal, in what is arguably just such WWE timing and in the worst way possible. Uh, they fired a bunch of talent, too. They fired a bunch of talent today. Um, 
some names got cut here, man. So in total, and I'm just gonna pull this up. Oh boy! Good old Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com. And for those who are just listening and not watching, if you hear my audio cut out every now and then, I keep sneezing. So y'all aren't going deaf. My brain's just fried. So among the people released, making sure that I got. And this is across. This is across both red brand oh. and blue brand. This is not NXT, correct? Uh, NXT okay. As well. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Side note: You were speaking of before I get to this. Uh, Hulu is going to be losing their WWE streaming rights here pretty soon. Good, good. We try to keep this as f- not family friendly because we do curse. I want to go ahead and go. There's, fuck you, Hulu. Fuck you long and fuck you hard. It's ridiculous. Let it out. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm just gonna. Just, this is good I, though. This is healthy. Yeah. I hope. I hope Hulu has a has a, has a family, and I hope they have a pet dog, and I hope they have a beautiful house, and but I hope that that pet that. dog and that family burn down in that house. It's ridiculous. I've never owned a streaming platform. I've never owned a company. There's no reason that you should take a show from from Monday evening. Have to cut it down by half and cutting down good stuff. Looking at you, Alpha Academy, and not having it up until 25 hours later. And also, if you're going to take that long to make cuts, fine. Again, I don't run my own business. If it cuts, if if, if Raw cuts at 9 p.m. on Monday night, cool. Say, hey, by this time... On Tuesday is when it'll be up. But no, what Hulu does is go, you know what? Raw cuts at the same time every single night. Give or take a couple minutes, depending on stuff. Five, five, maybe ten minutes. Here's what Hulu does. All right. Sometime in the next 24 hours. Sometimes sometimes it's 6 a.m. the next day. Other times it's 8 p.m. the next day. I gotta know. I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Fuck you, Hulu. Anyway, continue. That's fair. So, some of the cuts that they made today. Uh, Mustafa Ali. Uh, are we surprised? I, I like him a lot. I, I like I like him a lot, but he was never interested. Okay, that feels he's, he, he's been the most interesting in the last month since he's been on NXT. Honestly. Yeah. Which is which is not even where he belongs. And then of course there's the whole weird thing of anytime they're in Saudi Arabia, all you of a sudden of he. You think of you think oh, of Mansoor no. from Maximum Male Models. No, they they brought uh, well, they brought Mustafa today. Ali. Yeah, Mustafa went oh. too. Okay, they also well, fired Mansoor and Mace. So Maximum Male Models got fired today too. Again, are we surprised though? Uh... <laughs> This was really a bummer for me. Dolph Ziggler. No. That one's a bummer. Yeah, Dolph got fired. That one's really a bummer for me. Uh, he's he's going to go to AEW and get a fat contract. He'll be fine. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't show up in AEW. That's, that he'll, he'll, that he'll, one I could see. Cause, he'll be fine. Because you... Ah. Damn. Dude, like he, you know, you like you know, really like stand up comedy is like his first like actual passion. Like he doesn't really? really watch a shit ton of wrestling. He doesn't watch much wrestling from his own company. 
Like the dude gets his check and like, dude, yeah, he, he he's really into his stand up comedy career. And he's actually like really pretty good at it. So You mean to tell me that for the last twenty years, Dolph Ziggler's been moonlighting as a WWE superstar? <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Cheers to you, Dolph. Happened, good for you. Good for you. Really good at this, also. So yeah. it just happens to be good at uh, taking bumps from the best of them. Well, good for him. Why not? Uh, good for him. Shelton Benjamin, which was kind of a bummer. Shelton Benjamin feels like a guy I'd love to have, like just in my locker room in general, and working with young talent because he's just so uber talented. So that was. Well, yeah, you would think that you think that they would have just put him. Behind the scenes at NXT to teach kids the ropes, man. You put it, you, you put him in the performance center. And, I yeah. mean, I gotta, God. I gotta ask. Ba- based off the Hulu cut, uh, I have seen Shelton Benjamin on my screen once in the last that's, fourteen that's, months. Uh, he hasn't been on screen much. Um, that's there that's was a sad. Small little like when it looked like Bobby was going to reform the Hurt business with MVP and him and Cedric, and that was about it. Shelton has okay, a, well. um, a couple random, some of the more like random battle royales that they do. Yeah. He'll be in one I of think those. that might have been last time. Was he, in the, was he in the last Rumble? I don't think he was even in the Rumble. I think it was in like maybe okay. one of the USA title battle royals or something like that. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, Shelton got let go. Elias surprisingly like, got let go. Um, that one, that one, that one surprised me. I think he was hurt, but, uh... But say, he hasn't done much this last year. Yeah, I think, it, and apparently a lot of the theme was, like, a lot of, like, we just don't really got nothing for you, so... Yeah. It, it, what it, what, it, what this, this whole list, to me, sounds like a lot of, like, are you doing anything with these people? No. Then why are they on the payroll? Well, there's. Um, I mean, what? Okay, let's go through the rest of this list, and then and yep. then I'll say what I have to say. Uh, Emma, which uh, Who? she was with Emma. Yeah, there you go. Who? <laughs> uh, she was with. Remember Matt Cat Moss? Oh yeah, his girlfriend. Is Moss still there? Nope. Fired in the day. Oh well. <laughs> so they got fired. Man, Matt Madcap. I feel like he. I feel like he could have done something. I don't know what. He spent all his points on everything but charisma. He just, he had the body and he, he, he could have been a funny guy. I think he tried too hard to be a, a hardcore serious guy. I think he, if he, if he had embraced his, his Dolph Ziggler acting chops. Leave him funny. Uh, but I, yeah, he could have been funny. Well, at least, uh... <laughs> at least both of them. have. Oh no. Let's see, Aaliyah, mm. who most recently she was tag chancellor. She was one of Raquel Gonzalez's tag partners, and I think they held the tag titles for like a day before those titles got cursed and she got hurt. They let her go. Okay. Um, Rick Books, which is a bummer. <gasps> no. Speak, speak, speaking of units, Rick Books. People don't like you. Almost forget how much of a unit Rick Books is. Yeah, let's uh, uh and, and that and that mustache, bro. That mustache. Calling it now. Uh, Fan casting. Rick Boogs to play Koopka in the Final Fantasy 16 <laughs> live action kick film. I'm Rick Boogs, that's your next job. Uh, let's see. Ugh. And one of the more ill-advised rehires of the Triple H uh, era. Top dollar from uh, Hit Row. 
Which wait, okay, top dollar from Hit Row. Wait, wait. So out of out of Hit Row, they only fired Top Dollar. Yeah, he was the only one that was interesting. I know. It, it, look, man, I'll tell you right so, now. I don't even I don't even know the names of the other two off the top of my head. Adonis and Bfab, and she doesn't wrestle. So we got they they they're gonna I, okay. All right, this is gonna be a slight rant here. But Hit Row was really interesting in NXT. And it was Top Dollar, B-Fab, Adonis, and Swerve Scott, who was their leader. They fired Hit Row, all four of them. Mm -hmm. Swerve went to AEW. He was the leader of the group. He's awesome in AEW. Okay, this is going to sound so harsh to the other three. I don't really care about them without, <laughs> without him. him. Yeah, like, you you can't bring back the... Because it's not like a case of, like, Judgment Day where it feels like you got four strong individuals or the bloodline where you feel like you've got four strong individuals. Like, sure, or, or... the final boss, but, like, they're they're not just lackeys. Yeah, I mean, you got your factions like currently in Imperium, and you might disagree with me on this. We'll we'll call it the back alley test. Out of Imperium, I don't want to run into Gunther in a back alley and get my fucking. I, I don't get. I don't want to get my ass kicked. I'll take my chances with Kaiser and and Giovanni Pretty Vinci? Boy mm-hmm. and Giovanni Da Vinci. Total opposite. Total opposite. I wouldn't want to run into any of the bloodline in a back alleyway. That's going to not be a very happy day for me, no matter what. Arguably, Solo is the person that I would least want to run in. Because once again, I am not convinced that Solo understands that he's acting to some degree. Someone needs to let that man know that he can't actually hurt people. He watched too much of his uncle. He watched too many tapes of Uncle Umaga. <laughs> like it's like, oh, okay, we just hurt people. So okay, do, do, do what Uncle Umaga did. Yeah, yeah. Well, not everything he did because Umaga was terrifying. Yeah, but mm-hmm. uh, either way, if I had talked okay. about it, I don't know what Bfab and Adonis do now. Couldn't tell you. And and like you said, Bfab doesn't even do anything. She doesn't do anything. So yeah, fired him, and then you got Davicato, Bryson Montana, Shanky, Mason. Is the the first three were just NXT people not really doing anything. Mason Mansoor, who I promise you, I promise you, if we had left him where he was, L.A. Knight would be in this list. If oh, for sure. Hit, him and Maxine Dupree would both be fired along with Mason Mansoor. They say to Maxine. I wait a minute. Promise you. So Max, Maxine Dupree was also part of yeah. the Maxine models. How? How? Yeah, yeah, because she went over to Alpha Academy. Mm-hmm. What? How did the whole? Because again, the Hulu cut. How did the whole Otis being a temporary Maximum Male model? How did that? Oh, like they were recruiting him. She ended up yeah. coming over to Alpha Alpha Academy. Okay, that that's what I figured. 
Um, and and also the, the the redundancy of like we have we now have pretty deadly, which it comes down to charisma. Pretty deadly and maximum model the same exact concept, but one is just done so much better. And like I'm actually excited to see where pretty deadly goes. I think they're gonna be fun. I think they're gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. They also let go of Dana Brooke, um, who just been kind of hanging out forever. I mean, she tried to NXT run it, that didn't quite work. And uh, it, <laughs> Dana, who? Uh, and um, still the most uncomfortable silence I've ever heard from Booker T. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what. We're gonna do this live. Um, we're doing it live. Do me a favor and uh, go to Google, pulling up the old Google, <laughs> pulling up the Google, and I want you to look up. Quincy. Elliot. I'm already. I'm already. I'm already upset with this name. I'm Quincy, already upset with the name. Ah, there we go. Quincy Elliott, WWE. Just Quincy Elliott, WWE. And then I want you to go to images. And so Quincy Elliott, WWE. And then I want you to go to images. And I don't, don't even say anything. Okay. So some disclaimers for it. Everybody. Zero. Uh, Justin, I need you to I need you to talk me through this because I'm having okay. a hard time. So zero. Um, I want everybody to live how they want to live, and I want everybody to be them their true selves. I celebrate all walks of life. And uh, I want you to be who you feel that you want to be. How you yes. expressing K- yourself wise. K- Cave Talk supports the whole live and let live policy, one hundred percent. However you want to live your life, live it. How, however, when, this is the one that Booker T was hilariously quiet on when when he had a match. Like I'm talking, like you could tell. Booker was not in love with what he was seeing uh, in the ring, in his in his blessed ring in front of him. Uh, Quincy Elliott, I'm just going to say it, was never going to work. There was zero planet in which. Listen. I would be happy if Quincy Elliott, but as far as like a large company like WWE, Quincy Elliott was never. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this, and uh, male, you're on your own. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) well, yes, Quincy Elliott is a male. Because uh, I'm Quincy looking Elliot at some flamboyant and fluid, which again, no disrespect to you at all. Just uh, 
this book. <laughs> it was that it was unfortunately never gonna work, I think. I think NXT would have been probably about the peak of it. I think NXT would have been probably about the peak of where Quincy Elliott was. So, and it's really just more a fun factoid for the fact that once again, I could hear in his silence how much Booker T did not enjoy oh, gosh. what he was watching. <laughs> And this is Booker wow. T who teamed up with Gold Dust, who was like the famously androgynous older brother of Cody Rose, Dustin Rose. And like yeah. a real creepy character that was Gold Dust. I can see Booker yeah. T having fun with that. He did not like uh, like well, again, like maximum male models and pretty deadly. There you can have a concept that's the exact same. And there is a right way to pull it off, and there is a wrong way to pull it off. And, and this is this is apparently Quincy was you know hey this was this was Quincy being himself. This was his true and I and that is, yeah, that is and that awesome. is that is like all joking aside, good for him. Yeah, like that takes that takes balls to go on TV and do that. Be your true self, and and I'm not saying don't be your true yourself. It was never going to work in WWE. It just, ugh. yeah, I hate to say it. I wish it would. Yeah, it was never going to work. And yeah, that, wow. As, I'll tell you this: if you if you YouTube it, like I think Quincy Elliott, Booker T, you can hear Booker's like just not great silence, and then go listen to any match where Roxanne Perez is having a match and listen to Booker T. And, like, I swear to God, I hope to talk about my own daughter that way one day. Like, that man <laughs> gushes. Like, with just, like, the love. He's like, I, you, you can tell that like, I love her so much. Like, I'm, she's, he's so proud of her. He hated me. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> Bless him. Uh, those, are the, those are the releases that happened today. I think that they were uncomfortably timed. Uh, uh, to say the very least, I wow. think just extremely uncomfortable. Like just not a, not 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 a good day, not a good time. Just like all right, not after you just had this huge one point four billion dollar deal. Not a good time. Billion with a B. It just felt so, so gross. It just felt so gross. I mean, and on top of that, WWE is arguably in the best place that it's been in in over a decade. <laughs> Vince, uh, Vince caused some eye rolls with that, actually. So they were doing their whole meeting, like, you know, uh, Ari Emanuel, who owns Endeavor, or now CKO, was introducing himself to a lot of the WWE employees and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, Vince McMahon, one of, the th- one of the many things he did in that meeting was mention that... Uh, you know, things that kind of plateaued in WWE, and this was the best way to get them to the next level. Despite the fact that they've been churning out records for like a solid year since Triple he lives, races. He lives in his own world. He's delusional. He, he just can't acknowledge the fact that his baby is more successful without him. <laughs> this is, a lot of people are like, this is your way to get back into the company. Like, it's like, this was your way to get back into the company is what it was. Like, 
you stepped down and then you facilitated the sale and then they were like, well, we got to have Vince McMahon. You can't have WWE without Vince McMahon. And that got you back into the game. Like, this is the same guy who got mad at Paul Heyman because he hired Paul Heyman to write SmackDown. And when SmackDown started crushing Raw in the ratings, he got pissed at him. As you do. Yeah. So... Just You're doing something fact. that's making me more money at no effort on my half. How dare you? <laughs> he legit got mad that Paul Heyman, when he was like, all right, Paul, you run SmackDown. Paul Heyman crushed it and was beating Raw in the ratings. Just like he, he got mad at know. Triple H when Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Booker T had NXT's ratings go through the roof and he wasn't involved and he got butthurt because there was success. That was making him money. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, and, turning, and turning out stars that he had no idea what to do with. Because he didn't watch oh. NXT. So, it was basically like if I developed you and I hired you from the Indies. And now, yeah, NXT Black and Gold did have one issue. And it was that they didn't really get young talent. They'd get people from the indie scene who were already pretty weathered. They'd have yeah. great matches in NXT. Either way, like, let's say I hired you. And you're this indie stud, and we 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 we, we let you shine. You do your thing at NXT, and then you finally get called to Raw SmackDown. Finally meet Vince McMahon, and he has no idea what to do with you, and then puts you in some stupid storyline, or has you do something that's completely outside of your character. La Knight. There you go. La Knight. There you go. Wow. All right. So with that being said, no, we ran a little. <laughs> I know we ran a little over. <laughs> we ran a little over. Oh man, that's that's what's oh. happening in the world of wrestling. Um, I know we got a couple of good things coming. Hopefully, I'll finish the final fantasy this weekend. I'm really yes, excited to hear about Sea of Stars. Um, a couple more games coming out. So, got some good wrestling coming up for me. I'm excited for SmackDown tomorrow because John Cena is going to be there, I believe. So, um, oh man, yeah, a lot of good things coming. A lot of good things coming. As always, you guys can holler at us on our socials. Got some streaming maybe coming. I know. Yep. Uh, yep. Going to continue. I'm pretty convinced that I'm going to stream the entirety of Lies of P. I, I can't say that name for the life of me. So come check that out. Uh, Twitch is just at Cave Talk Pod, just like everything else. Um, Yeah. I'm thinking about doing some uh, Warhammer dark tide on there just some shooty shooty oh, stuff yeah, that yeah. people can hop in on uh yeah some streaming stuff we'll get justin in on it i know justin and i have been talking offline about <sighs> probably gonna end up streaming some daisy so y'all guys are gonna get to hear me struggle bust it for a little while so that'll be fun but uh, yeah uh all of our stuff is continuing to go up on youtube mm -hmm. uh we're moving some stuff around justin and i were talking about we are going to get music. I know that we've we've been going back and forth on that. He's got some ideas. He's got a buddy that might be able to garage band us some stuff. I've got some people that might be able to pull us some stuff. Uh, Peyton Parrish, if you just want to sign off on your metal version of I'll Make a Man Out of You. Keep begging. Well, hey, hey, we'll give you a dollar a month, and that's 12 more dollars a month that or $12 a year that we don't have from the podcast that we'll happily give to you. So there's that. Uh, that offers also out to Shinsuke Nakamura uh, or literally anybody, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, 
Jay, as always, man, like it is so great to do this podcast with you. Like really and truly uh, can't state that enough. I think that we're finally getting off to a good, a good pace. I think we're finally making, making our, our feet go out in front of us Yeah. and I'm looking forward to where it's going. We got to, I got to get better about doing socials. Uh, and also can't state this enough. Cave talk pod at gmail.com. If you guys could please send us some questions, emails, thoughts, ideas, bitches, gripes, moans, concerns, all the above. We'll answer. We'd love to hear. We'd love to hear from you. I mean, even if it's the couple of people who listen to us from within inside of our personal circle, ask us something, anything. We'll answer. We're, uh, we'll, we'll answer it. If anything, if we get enough, that could be an entire episode. We will just go through and do a Q and a, and, and at some point, uh, we'll get Jay on on a stream, and we can do like a live Q and A or something like that. Yeah. So I'm good for that. All right, Jay, we got we got some gaming to do. We got some wrestling to do. We got gaming to do. We got wrestling to do. We got a lot going on, man. I am uh I'm here for all of it, though, buddy. I am here for all. A thousand of it. percent, guys. We hope that you guys stay all here for it. Thank y'all so much as usual for uh. For for and actually, you know what? Thank you guys. No, don't thank us. There we go. There it is. There's That's the LA night thing. That's for you guys. So yes, with that being said, thanks for coming to another episode of Cave Talk Podcast. We will talk to you soon, and we will see you next time. In the cave.